Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're in this, right? Like, are we in it yet? We're in it. Are we I, in? Well, I've already recorded. I've started oh, okay. recording. So, yes. Oh, you have? I have as well. We're in it. Hi, everyone. Bonjour. Welcome to Two Guys, a League, and Guests. We have the best openings, eh, bud, in the business. The best Usually. openings. Best openings. It's where, our, it's where most of our effort goes, to be honest. The rest of the show is downhill. Oh God. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Well, like I was saying, welcome to Two Guys, a League, and Guests, and this is episode number seven, and we've got a jam-packed episode for you this week, folks. Uh, obviously, around the boards, as per Ooh. usual, um, we're going to throw a new segment at you this week, guys. New segment called Curveball. Who, Who Are You? Um, basically, Marty and I will uh, tell each other who we are, and uh, we're going to give some answers on uh, a certain situation or whatever... Uh, uh, whatever each of us comes up with for the other one. So that'll be fun. Um, obviously, we have Check My Fanny, a look into the CFHL, our uh, uh, fantasy dynasty league. And of course, we're going to finish things off with Beauty and the Beast. Um, we've got some great stuff for you this week there too. Uh, but first and foremost, the lag is brought to you by the Hockey Ooh. Podcast Network. And of course, uh-huh. our sponsors, DraftKings. Uh Love those guys. I love those guys. Love them. I'll Merci. tell you. I'll tell you who I'm not loving right now, though. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, no. Um, a couple of teams. Yeah, a couple of teams. We're gonna we're gonna save yeah. the second one here for you. We're not gonna give it away yeah. like we usually do every episode. So this week we're gonna start off the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, the Penguins. Mm. So of course, obviously, all the uh, uh, you know all the shiny new toy uh, to come about was uh, Eric Carlson, and he of course was uh, you know kind of grabbed the headlines throughout the off season. And rightfully so. I mean, bit. Jesus, I mean, 100-point season last year. I mean, I, I can't even remember. I think they said something like the first time in the last, what, 30 years, 40 years, whatever the hell it was. Something like it, that, it's, yeah. It's been a little while. So uh, reigning Norris Trophy winner goes from San Jose to Pittsburgh over the offseason. Of course, uh, Kyle Dubas takes over the reins over there and basically has uh, autonomy over uh, over what's going on over there in regards to hockey operations. Um, so he brings him in. And in all reality, just kind of doubles down on the aging core. And he he's all in uh, with these guys. Now, listen, um, you, you can have your thoughts about, you know, you know Kyle Dubas and where you think this is kind of going uh, and where you think it should go. Um, I, I suppose my uh, I caution myself in writing these guys off as long as Sidney Crosby is still wearing a uh, hockey jersey. Yeah, let alone Pittsburgh Penguins. So as long as he's around, it's just it, it is so tough. I mean, we know what happened last year. They didn't make the playoffs and, you know, something quite, quite different for this organization and, and its players. Um, so there's there's definitely some hunger there. You you know, I mean, I, I don't even need to say it, but I will anyway. I mean, we all know Crosby is hungrier than a, than a horse. Uh, in, oh, yeah. In, in regards to getting back to the playoffs. Um, I would have to argue that Evgeny Malkin is as well, the way he started the season. I think he's got eight points in five games. So, um, yep. you know, they, they go out and get Riley Smith uh, from Vegas. Uh, in my eyes, kind of a nice complimentary piece in all reality. I mean, yep. you know, they're, 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 not, they're not looking for this uh, young 22-year-old or anything. I mean, they know what they've got, and they're just trying to bring somebody in, got some cup experience, and 
you know, I mean, on paper, things look pretty good, don't they, Marty? I mean, in, in, at, yeah. least, at, at least when you look at the names, and sure, it carries a little bit of weight, and, you know, there's the age involved and, and that whole bit, but I don't know. It looks like a pretty decent team. Man, it, it, it has been unbalanced like, like nobody's business here to start the year. Like this, yeah. Been, they're sluggish. They're it, sluggish right now for sure. Been pretty up and down. Like I mean, you know, they're two and three. So I mean, it's not. You look at the record and it's not horrible. Like they're not like zero and five here. Well, because it's early. But, but but at the same time, you're it, it, the play. For me, it's the play, and you know, I, I I've made a um, a conscious effort to, effort to watch a lot more more hockey this year, uh, just to okay. kind of have you know boots on the ground, eyes on the ground, whatever you want to say. Um, and I've had the chance to watch Pittsburgh a couple of times here, in particular their uh, their opening game against Chicago, and that that kind of rate there, if it, if I'm being honest, seems to have set the tone a little. I mean, it's Chicago, Marty, and don't get, and, and and listen, folks, the Chicago Blackhawks are going to put massive effort in here this year. Like, you know, watching some of their games, they're they're not, you know, it's not like these guys have given up here game one, like. They're out there. They're, they're getting the job done. They just don't have the talent. And and right. And I'm sorry, but with the way last year ended, you know, again bringing Carlson in, Dubis kind of walks into the building and says like, no, that I'm just going to add this to it, and we're going to keep this this group together and keep it going. And I, I'll tell you what, like it, you know, that's just not. I'm sorry, that's just not the way you want to start a year, the way everything ended last year, and, and I just. I mean, it's all, you know, it's a top-heavy team. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the usual suspects are at the top of the leaderboard. Malkin with eight, Gensel with six, Crosby with five, Rust with five. Smith has got a two and two. Uh, Carlson has got four points, a goal, three assists. Latang's got a goal, uh, sorry, Latang is goalless with four assists. So, I mean, the, the, the points are there. Uh, you probably want to see the power play do a little bit better. It's sitting at 15.44%. 20th overall in the NHL right now. But, you know, for me here, there's a couple of things in my eyes that kind of need to change. You're going to need to get some depth scoring. They're just going to have to do it, Marty. I mean, you know, if this was five years earlier and I just rifled off all of those names, Crosby to Latang to, to Carlson, you know, these guys are six years younger. I'm like, okay, they don't. Maybe you don't need that third line. Maybe you know. Maybe you can get away with, with that 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 heavy top six. But they've aged, just flat out. This is an aging group, and they're going to need some depth scoring to to help this along. And the other big thing for me is Jari. He he being Kyle Dubas, walked in over the summer, and gave him his money. Now what? Whatever reasoning he came to to do that, whether he just saw didn't really see anything else on the market or or whatever it may be, he banked on him. And listen, man, one in three record, two point eight eight one goals against average and a nine eight ninety two save percentage. I get it's a small sample size, and he's got plenty of time to turn this around. But he, this guy has to be a catalyst for this. Right now, you've got your big boys firing, and they're getting the job done that way. You'd like to see a little bit in regards to some depth, but the big thing right now is Jari. Like, I need him, and we've talked about this 
ad nauseum, especially with your Edmonton Oilers, Marty. They're going to need better than average goaltending. Like, they don't need Kristen Jari to be a world beater. They just don't. Like, you know, this guy has been there. He's been in a winning culture. Like, I, I'm I'm not quite sure over the past year and, and a little bit here was what's been going on with him, but I don't know, man. Like, they're going to need to get this fixed, and they're going to need to get it fixed quick because, as we all know, American Thanksgiving comes pretty quick. I mean, it, the, the thing's only, you know, about four weeks away here, maybe less than four weeks away, so it, it's time to get this rectified. And, and I, I don't know how you feel about the whole situation, Marty, but I'm, I mean... I am concerned. I'm concerned. Well, I it, yeah, you you definitely sound concerned. Um, I didn't realize you loved the Pittsburgh Penguins so much, <laughs> but it's the, like you're not wrong. All I'm going to say is um, everything about this team right now screams mediocrity. And if you're going to be mediocre in the Metropolitan Division, you're going to be outside looking in. It's it's that plain and simple it's just too tough. Um, there's no consistency it is there's no consistency out of the rest of this team other than Malkin right even Crosby he had a big first night and then he kind of tapered off a little bit and he hasn't really done a hook of a lot he's still at a point of game but he's not you know he's not doing what Malkin's doing four game four goals four assists in six games or in five no in five games uh eight points in five games so like the rest of them need to do more all of them have most of their points out of one game kind of thing. So it's sporadic. So you can't if the Pittsburgh Penguins want to climb out of climb out of obscurity and into playoff contention or playoff conversation, never mind contention. Uh yeah, your guys all of them be more consistent every night, night in night out and especially including Jerry. Like those are He's not the only one. There's quite a few goalies who aren't really putting up the best numbers right now that should be putting up better numbers. Um, but for Pittsburgh, kind of a big piece of the puzzle. Well, I mean, and it's it's so exasperated, right? Because, like, you want to you talk about a team that's in win-now mode. Like, there's win-now mode Colorado Avalanche with a little bit of youth on her side. And then there's yeah. win-now mode. We're 35 and older, and we don't get this done, like, this year. Like it, it, it is now or never for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, I mean, and, that, and that's where kind of the concern comes in here is quite simply, Jari doesn't, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of time to find his game here. And, and you know, you, you touched on it right off the top, Marty. The Metropolitan Division is a gauntlet, period. Yeah. So, like, if you get behind the eight ball here, I'm not saying that one can't claw themselves out of it, but man, oh man, like, the New Jersey Devils, the New York Rangers, uh, Carolina Hurricanes, like you, three spots right there. Like you, you're already in a dogfight now for a wild card in my yeah. eyes already. So, I mean, and look, I, I, do I think that Philadelphia is going to be sustainable in regards to leading the Metropolitan Division? No. But, I mean, he, here's Philadelphia you... <laughs> rocking and rolling. You, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, at yeah. some at some point here, it, it you know, thing that oh it's a small sample size and uh, you know it's got lots of time. I mean, you know we're, we're five mm-hmm. games we're five games in here. You know another you know another month here and you probably got anywhere between fifteen and twenty games. Uh, you know or right around that twenty game mark, like. Yeah, that's a and that's usually a good barometer. The twenty game mark uh, where you kind of sort of 
take a step back and ha- and review uh, the first twenty games. And you know, some people will even go as far as saying the first twenty games are some of the, are the most important games. Um, but like, <laughs> they're all important though. That's the thing. Like, it doesn't yeah, take the next twenty then. Like, and then those are super yeah. important too. Like, so it. it while I agree 100%, way too early, um, but let's evaluate. Even though it's too early, let's evaluate. Let's see what these numbers suggest about this team. And if the team continues down this path, doing what they're doing, which is a lot of what they did last year, again, with the inconsistent play, where they go in spurts, they'll win little blurps, a little like like three or four games in a row here, and then you know lose three or four right after. And then you end up below 500, and now you're out on the outside looking in. They didn't, they didn't end up below 500 last year, but still, they did make the playoffs, right? So it's not to panic, but it's time to tinker, time to figure out if you can wake them up when you need to. Because if this happens again later in the season, again, to pick another stretch of important games, um, if they're doing it then and you don't know how to wake them out of it, then you know that's what right now should be about. Waking up this team, doing something. This is where the coach is really important. Coach can decide, okay, well, you know, these players are my best right now. I'm going to have to play these guys more and maybe mix and match or figure something out. What I'm getting at, again, it's yes, it's early. You don't need to panic, but you do need to try something. Well, I mean, it's all about banking points at the beginning of the year, right? Like every last team in the NHL has the same plan when it comes to that. Like you don't want to be Mm. scratching and clawing here, you know, towards the end of February, beginning of March here. Try and bank them, get things taken care of. And, you know, hopefully that sets you up here for the rest of the year. But uh, again, uh, like you say, Marty, I mean, again, we're we're five games in here. The the panic button hasn't uh, been hit here. But there is a concern, at least in, in my eyes anyway, that you kind of want to rectify this. You want to get this taken care of here over the next little stretch of games and kind of get things rolling to some sort of consistency anyway. Or at the very, very least, your team play. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe you're getting some tough bounces and, and some tough losses. But if that team play is there, and you know what, Marty, you kind of touched on it with the coach and how important that can be. At the very least here... They, they they have no worry in regards to that department. I mean, you're looking at Mike Sullivan, two two Stanley Cup wins. I mean, we're okay there. I mean, if you, this guy's going to yeah. squeeze everything he can out of that roster and no issues whatsoever. So uh, we'll see how yeah. things play out for the Penguins here over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, you know, if we were looking at a larger picture here, maybe over the next month leading up to American Thanksgiving, see kind of where they're at at that point. And hopefully they're in a little bit of a better spot than uh, than they are right now. Um, speaking of people who are not in a good spot, Marty, yeah, I don't, I don't I, really want to talk about uh, this. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm going to have to hand this one over to you. We'll, uh, we'll let you uh, introduce the other team that we have some potential concerns about here. Well, obviously the news is out. People know my Oilers have suffered not just a, like a pretty bad start themselves. One, three and oh, I believe. Um, but they've also lost McDavid for two weeks. Is that right? I think it's two weeks. What I heard was two weeks, but anyways, so now I'm going to address this in a couple of different ways. I know there's hype in the preseason. Like I know that McDavid and Dreisaitl, uh, kind of push for that just because they're there, right? They have that expert. It's not them who are pushing it. It's just because of their presence. You know, every pundit's going to say, yep, Oilers, absolutely. They're, you know, a force to contend with. And, you know, overall, and then, you know, throw in the fact that 
two career seasons last year with Hyman and uh, Nugent Hopkins. And even Evan Bouchard, who looked to really become their main guy on the power play, is still the fact, too. Um, so all that, you know, obviously creates a nice little hype. Uh, and, you know, clean slate for Stuart Skinner, who did very well last year. And... Um, more specifically Jack Campbell uh, who desperately needed a clean slate so coming in I know you know it's what do we do about the goaltending we're not really addressing it and I don't disagree however I'm not sure that you know like Ken Holland's basically made his bed he's got to lay in it so this is what fans have to deal with right so (laughs) like last year I was kind of annoyed with how fans in Edmonton are constantly left even though we've got McDavid and Dreisaitl we're always left holding a bag of hope um, <clears throat> that everything else is just going to fall into place and everything else is going to be great. And that it, it, it makes it easier to hold that bag of hope because you've got McDavid and Dreisaitl, um, but it, it you're still very aware that you're holding a bag of hope and that's all you've really got because nothing else has changed. Coach is the same, team's the same um, in terms of goaltending. Um, and at any given point, even though they had a great season last year, Oiler fans across the board, we all know, um, there's going to be a, you know, a, there's not going to be another career year for Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's not what's going to happen this year. They're going to regress. They're going to take a step back. Now, does that mean the team takes a step back as a result? I don't know. But it takes it, it if you got to assume at least a little bit, if they're not scoring as much, then obviously we're not going to be winning as much. So all that aside, it it's it is definitely still too early. It's it's one and three. Um, I don't think we need to go close to the panic button. Um, and I do believe now this is what happens when you get trained so many years of you know holding a bag of hope. You your the way you look at your team changes. And so I'm going to go on and say the glass is half full with Jack Campbell um, because last year at this time you know we were pretty much in the same boat um but soon after Skinner kind of came onto the onto the scene and kind of took over everything and you know we were left with what do we do about Jack Campbell the guy we're paying a lot of money for well this year his numbers are better uh he's actually the better goaltender uh coming out of the gate um he's playing better than he was last year um, I know his first game he came out, you know, we let him four goals and 16 shots, but then rebounded really nicely with one goal, uh, on 43 shots and then four goals on 32 shots. So like even that last one, I know it's not great, but it's still a chance, right? Because at the end of the day, these goaltenders just need to give McDavid and dry a chance. They really don't need to be this great they don't need to be as great as Tristan Jarry needs to be in Pittsburgh I'll just say that um because you know Malkin and Crosby on the way out Dreisaitl and McDavid uh in their prime two very different scenarios so again like I'm not I I I'm not anywhere close to pressing any sort of panic button or anything like that um my my thought is at least it's happening now and not later in the season where it, you know, we're really aware of the fact that no, they need these two games to win to make it a playoffs. Like that's when it's a little bit more stressful. I, I'm aware that these games they lose now can affect them down the road for sure. I still think we're going to end up in the top five in the division uh, or in the conference, anyways. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not concerned. I'm not happy. I wish there was something we can do about our goaltending, but I know there isn't. So 
we <laughs> hold on to that bag of hope. That's all you can do for now. <laughs> I I am at the same place with the Edmonton Oilers that I am at with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, I'm concerned. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I'm concerned. It's the, it's it, it, it's going to be the word of the week. Concerned. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. concerned about the Oilers. Listen, I mean, obviously, uh, as Marty mentioned, McDavid out one or two weeks here with the UBI. I mean, that is what it is. You mean, you've taken the, the best player on the planet off off of their uh, roster for a couple of weeks. That's going to hurt immensely. Um, for me, it, it, it's the same old refrain, Marty. It's goaltending. Um, and I'm sorry, but the stats are telling. Uh, you, you listen, yes. I can see that. We, 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 yeah. we, we are early in the year, but... My point isn't just the three games, the one and two record, the 3.66 goals against average and 902 save percentage from Campbell. Um, and it's not just the two games, the 0-1 and 1 record. He had an overtime loss. Uh, Skinner did. Uh, he's got a 429 goals against average and an 814 save percentage. We're not just talking about those games, these five games this year. Since the Edmonton Oilers signed Jack Campbell, it, 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 you can't even sit there and say it's been a roller coaster because there really haven't been these highs and then lows. High, I mean, it, it, it just, these guys need to get better goaltending in regards to what they're getting now. I mean, I don't feel that the Edmonton Oilers are going to win a Stanley Cup with either one of these goaltenders. That's just my personal opinion. That's how I think it's going to go. I mean, these guys, I mean, listen, I'm going to shoot some stats off to you here, bud. They're 29th overall right now with their overall record. Okay, that is yes, like that, you know, that's going to change, obviously. They've been outscored 13 to 20 so far in, in, in five games they played. They're ranked 23rd in offense at 2.60 goals, four per games played. They're ranked, they have the 29th ranked defense, giving up four goals against per game. They do have, the, 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 the power play is doing what it, it's supposed to do, 30%, fifth ranked. And... They're ranked 24th on their PK at 71.4%. So you have all of that. You've got the goaltending situation. And the thing that's really kind of added a little bit of fuel to the fire for me here, and it happened over the weekend. I mean, you got Woodcroft, who in a media scrum is dropping an F-bomb because he's so spitting mad. Like, I, I mean, you've got that. And then on top of that, on what was it uh saturday night hockey night in canada i think it's between the second and third intermission maybe or whatever anyway vander kane <laughs> maybe. uh is getting interviewed between between periods basically and not so subtle shot to the coach yeah basically wondering why he's playing so little well maybe if you played better buddy you got like one assist in like the five games so maybe if you play better you're gonna get a little more playing time like i i, I don't know man like it's just for me, it's a, it's it's that whole culmination of it, right? Like it, it it's it's all of it together, and it's just listen. I mean, everyone in that organization, the fans, uh, the player, like they they had such a different view of how the season was going to start. I mean, it isn't just the record. It, it isn't just the the the, the goaltending play. I mean. Here's Woodcroft. I mean, for me, Woodcroft seems to have been like, you know, even keel from the day he took that job. And I just, I, I wonder if it's just gotten to a point now where he's like, like, my God, like, 
we've got two of the best players ever. Ever. Like my 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 feelings on that, like how uh, we've got McDavid, we've got Drysaddle. Yes, um, I think we look at it the wrong way. I, I think there's a big part of it that we shouldn't look at it as like we're wasting their years or anything like that. We're that's taking our focus away from what we should be doing and actually kind of taking our focus away, like away from what this team should be doing. Not because I, for one thing, for sure, every year we just bank on hype. We just bank on it. And that's because we got McDavid and dry It's, it's there. There's hype every year uh, that they've been here. At least definitely since McDavid's been here. Uh, dry I think had two years before McDavid showed up. And then it was just like, it's fucking hype every game. Honest to God, I've hated it ever since. I, it, it, there's nothing that pisses me off more than setting your expectations up every year and then having the same thing happen every year. And yet you don't learn from that. The next year you go in with hype again. Why are we going in with hype? We haven't earned anything. We earned something last year. We haven't earned shit this year. And do we look good? Did we look good last year? Sure. But we, we're probably going to look like shit again this year, though. Like, that's because we always do. At some point, we look like shit. And every team goes through that. Some longer stretches than others. But the Edmonton Oilers absolutely look like fucking shit for long stretches of the season. It's kind of our MO. And it's fine. Last year, we were one of the top teams in the league. It's okay. It's okay to look like shit. So that's why I get annoyed with the, with the hype because all it does is sets us up for absolute disappointment later and in these conversations where it's like holy fuck we're wasting their time no we're not wasting their time they're getting paid a lot of money everything's fine stop worrying that we might be wasting their time no one's wasting anything their scores their stats are all going into the history books and it all looks great they don't need a hundred stanley cups to be considered great players at all even gretzky how many cups did gretzky win seven did he win seven was it i want to say Close enough. I thought it was like something like four, four or five. I don't know. That's a good question. Oh, my God. Yeah. We should know that. That's I, I definitely should know that. <laughs> but anyways, my, my point is, is that you don't need to win a cup every year so for people to feel that you're great. Um, so I don't think we're doing... Oilers four. Okay. Anyways, I don't think we're doing ourselves any, uh, any, any help by getting so jammed up on, but we're wasting their time or wasting years. We're not... The problem is, is... One of the biggest problems, again, is it's how this team is managed and to a degree how this team is co- how you coach two of the best players in in the world is beyond mm-hmm. me I, and probably beyond many players or many coaches. I'm not sure the greatest coach in NHL history. Stan Bowman, right? Yep. OK. How many dry sidles and, and McDavid's did he play with? Honest, honestly, like he has great, he's got great players that he's won cups with. Um, yeah, but, but at the talking, same time, like, yeah, at the same I mean, time he, on the same I mean, team, you could go, you could go back to some of those Habs teams there, but I mean, yeah, you know. yeah, and again, great players. He definitely had some great players, but I don't know that he necessarily had the two top players in the world playing okay. fair, um, fair argument. at the yeah. same time. Maybe Stan Stan Bowman's a bad example because maybe he did. But anyways, I haven't given obviously I haven't given this one a whole lot a whole lot of thought. But what I'm getting at is that there's not there's not a written formula that says this is like you have to do it this way and this is how you. I don't know that it's it's very easy to win with those two guys simply because of the expectations and everybody not everybody gels with everybody right. So 
Yeah. One thing I find funny is that no matter who you put on with McDavid, it seems to work out. Same thing goes for Drysidle. Yet for some reason, we always find a way to lose. How does that make any sense? Well, again, goaltending. Well, okay, well, what happened in Nets? Well, quite frankly, we backed ourselves into a corner. Now we have no choice. Now we have to find a way to win with them. Are they horrible goalies? Not when we signed them. Stuart Skinner was a question mark and Jack Campbell was a great goalie. So why can't we still find a way to win like we did last year, which we will. Like it's 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 okay that we go through stretches and lose games. I don't think that means we lose focus or sight of what it is we're trying to do, which is win the Stanley Cup. And I do still think we're very much close to getting there, but I don't know. Am I I do feel like we all have the same sort of inclination about Edmonton that there is a piece missing and no one can quite put their finger on what that piece is. I don't think it's pieces. I think it's one piece, whether it be a goalie or a better coach. I, that might be controversial to say, but personally, I'm not a big fan of Woodcroft. Um, we'll get into that later. Um, but anyways, I don't know what that one piece would be. Well, and I maybe it's just another McDavid. <laughs> well, you know, right. they, they, they don't grow on... Well, hey, listen. I mean, everybody love another McDavid. I mean, it, it, for, again, for me, it really does come down, you know, to keep it simple here, from, it just comes down to goaltending for me. I mean, if... And and again, like I mentioned, I, I just I don't think either one of these guys is the guy that's going to get it done. I think you got to go outside the organization to get it done. Um, hey, I mean, you know, it is what it is. That's what they have now, and that's what they have to deal with right now. So yeah. one of these two guys has to, I mean, for, for this team to, to to do some damage, has to grab the, the you know the, the bull by the horns here, uh, take the reins, and 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 at least make uh, that push to be the number one or at least a solid 1A, you know what I mean? A guy that you know you're going to go with uh, game one of the playoffs. So I still uh, think it's Campbell. Hey. Like, honestly, the St. Louis did the same thing with Bennington when they signed him to that contract. They kept putting him in even though he was stinking up the joint. I think that's what Edmonton needs to do is they need to ride Campbell. Well, I, I mean, need him to be at, at that one. money, at that money, I mean, you know, if, you, if you're going to follow the money, then yes. I mean... For sure. I, I, at the end of the day, I think Skinner's I, I, I think, out of the I, two of them, I think it's Skinner. But I think at the end of the day, when you've got an opportunity to give to, to make it so that the guy with more experience can be your number one, I think that's the better play because then you can then that guy can actually, regardless of his season last year, Campbell was definitely in Skinner's ear helping him out. So I think if you can get Campbell's confidence up to do even more, then he's going to, you know, then he's chirping in his ear even more. Like, oh, but this is this is how I broke out of, out of my spell. <laughs> we all remember my spell. Well, this is how I got out of it. Like, that's why I think it's more important for Campbell to figure things out for him so that he can be a better mentor to uh, uh, Skinner. And then, you know, Skinner does his thing. I'm not really concerned with Skinner. I feel like there's lots of time for him and he's a very good player. He will sort it out. It will be fine, but... Well, one thing we can agree one thing we can agree on for sure. When it comes to the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Edmonton Oilers, you definitely want to start to figure this out here and I mean, you don't want to take another 5-10 games to figure this out. You, you want to get mm -hmm. this I mean, and again, it's because of where you are as an organization in, in both cases. These are two teams that do have aspirations for deep runs in the playoffs and yeah. I mean, you know, we, we all know, I mean, you've got a team that's employing Sidney Crosby and one that's employing McDavid. So the Stanley <laughs> Cup is, you know, is off in the distance for sure. More than more than certain other teams. But these two teams definitely has, have aspirations for that. And we'll need to get things kind of sorted out here over the next little bit. So, yeah. um, hey, I mean, we'll be able to sit back and see how this uh, plays out over the next little bit. But until then... 
to bring you a brand new segment and that segment is called who are you who now <laughs> now basically kind of give you a rundown here all it is is uh i'm gonna tell marty basically who he is marty's gonna tell me who i am uh we're gonna give each other a little bit of a situation and uh, what we would do in that situation uh so marty if uh if it's all right with you i'll uh I'll throw this one at you really quick. Go ahead. So our first Who Are You segment, Marty, you are Oilers GM Ken Holland. With the immense pressure to deliver a Stanley Cup to Edmonton while currently employing the world's two best players in McDavid and Dreisaitl, do you make a bold move to address the goaltending? And when I, and when I say this, I mean at all cost to improve this team's chances when it matters most. Some of the names that I can throw out for you here, um, whether they would be available or not, I would think that the uh, you know these are some of the teams that I would at least want to uh, um, kind of poke at and then see what, what availability is. Maybe someone like a Darcy Kemper out in Washington, if they kind of fall out of the playoff picture. Maybe Demko out in Vancouver, again, same thing. Gibson of being available out there in Anaheim. Or even perhaps Carter Hart if uh, things go sour. Uh, in a hurry here for the Philadelphia um, um, Flyers. Um, or do you keep the current duo and just hope for the best? What do you say, Marty? So I it, personally, I think one of the hardest things to do would be to try and, and, and pull off a trade. If I had to pick the, from those four goalies, though, I, I would absolutely go with Kumper just because I feel like he's... Good call, um, good call. <clears throat> He's got more consistency in his career. Uh, he does have a cup. Um, he's looked pretty good this season. Uh, he actually is a new dad, so he actually missed a little bit of time. Um, but I, I honestly, I think because of the cap situation, like we've got nothing in the bank at all. We can't afford to take on any more salary. It gets pretty confusing. We may end up having to give up a little extra just because a team would have to absorb a, probably a bigger cap. Um, than we would. So all that aside, I think we're in a corner where we that trading it'd have to be straight up, uh, and the money would have to make sense in advance. Or you agree, you know, we'll eat some salary and they'll eat some salary, whatever, make it work that way. But if I if I had to, I would probably I wouldn't look at my goaltending. I actually would look at Woodcroft, and and that's I know an unpopular opinion because he. Like he's when he came in, he he, he took over for a job. Uh, it was Tippett at the time. Uh, Tippett had a fairly decent record. He was above five hundred. I think it was like twenty eight and sixteen. It was something like that. So it wasn't terrible. But they, you know, I think they were on a losing streak or something like that. So then Woodcroft came in and he kind of finished the rest of the season. I want to say it was something like twenty three and nine or something. Like that. I think I've got it. Twenty six and nine. That's what it was. Um, and then eventually lost in the. Uh, second round or the third round and the, the next sorry yeah he lost in the third round then he locked no he lost in the third round then second round no second and third because he got worse is my point point. Um, and now 
you know, like even though he played really well, or sorry, coached to a pretty great record last year, 50 wins is nothing to sneeze at. Um, but he's, you know, he's coming out of the gate slow. I'm not seeing, I'm seeing frustration. I'm hearing Vander Kane saying some things like he's comfortable calling his coach out. Now, is that Evander Kane being Evander Kane? Or is there something in that dressing room where it makes him feel okay to come out and say that because he knows the rest of the team is going to have his back? Something along those lines. So if Woodcroft's already lost the, um, the room a little bit, then you know what I'm suggesting isn't that crazy then. Because if you don't have your team as a coach, then forget it. You're, you're, you know, good luck. First of all, good luck trying to get them back. Second of all, the GM's going to pick up on that, and it won't last very long. So I think after the twenty game mark, I would have a serious look at what Woodcroft's done for my team, and and then I would that would be the first place I would look and see if uh, I need to do something different. Because again, if we go, if we're hovering around five hundred, let's say we're you know ten and ten, or even like 10, like nine and eleven or something like that. Even twelve and uh, eight, let's say. Um, I, I would wonder if this coach is capable of taking the team with two of the best players in the world where they need to get to. With, I understand the goaltending could still be pointed at, but as if a coach can't adapt and make his team win games, even with a shitty goaltender, then maybe he's not for us because we can't do too much with a better goaltender. I need a coach who can come in and work with the problems that they have. So that that'd be my okay. that'd be my position as Kim Holland. Fair enough. So more a little bit more standing pat on the goaltending and kind of maybe shifting the weight of of, of responsibility a little bit more on the coach and and really kind of shining the bright light on him more than anything else here. Okay, fair I feel enough. Like an asshole. Fair enough. I, I, <laughs> no, no. Hey, listen. I mean, you're you like I said, you're the, you're the GM. You are Ken Holland. So I mean, it, it's kind of what you you're oh, so thinking. Okay. If if you think you've got you know. You, you kind of lean on on uh, Skinner and um, and Campbell, and look a little bit more towards the coaching. Hey, listen, that's a, that's another way of looking at it too, too, for sure. I mean, can't blame you there. And for Mike, it, it kind of flipping the script, but almost identical, essentially, really. Like, it, but a little bit of a different spin on it. Like, as Dubis now again, small sample size, but are you worried? about what you have set out to do, which essentially is to, you know, bring a Stanley Cup to the back nine of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang's career. That's why you chose this job, is to not just to do it for the city of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Everybody, there's always that. But really, it's to, it those three future Hall of Famers, let's, you know, one more run. That's why you signed Jerry to the five-year contract. Are there buyer remorse around the Jerry contract? And do you see this team or yourself being able to construct a team that will win at least one more cup for that trio? Well, I mean, he, he, the interesting part about it is he's he's almost he's almost going through kind of what he went through with Toronto, with Pittsburgh, right? I mean, it, it, it's he's got some huge stars, basically, obviously building around them, brings in. And of course, we all know the age factor here. Brings in Carlson over the summer. As of right now, if I'm Kyle Dubas, I have absolutely no remorse at this particular time. I, as the GM, definitely have a, a certainly a different outlook than you or I would have as fans. 
Me sitting here on the other side of this computer screen, I'm very concerned for that team. Just looking at it from the point of view of what they did last year, coming into this year, age factor, so on and so on. But Dubas is coming in here and he adds the Norris Trophy, uh, a Norris Trophy defenseman in Carlson. You know, regardless of what Carlson used to be, I mean, the guy can still wheel a little bit. I mean, it's not like it used to be, but, he, you know, he can still juke and jive a little bit. Again, Crosby, I, I go back to that. I, I mean, you've got, you know, arguably the, the best player of our generation. Um, you know, and, and and it's not only that, though, too, Marty. It's, it's the leadership, right? Yeah. Like, and he, however he does it, quiet leadership, whether it's raucous or not, it doesn't matter. He just, he, he oozes the leadership. So I'm not having any remorse whatsoever right now. Um. I think the situation that you're walking into as well, I mean, I know this can go one way or the other. Like, this right. isn't going to be a, this is not going to be a mushy middle, I don't think, kind of situation, right? Like, right. this is either going to go really badly or this is going to go fairly well and we're going to make some noise in the playoffs. Um, I've had my reservations from the word go because it's all well and good that you're adding, as a fan here, I'm talking, as a right. fan. You add Carlson, that's all well and good, but I mean, Carlson's never been the stoutest of defenders and you're no. looking to, you know, you're looking to kind of, you know, stunt that, uh, from the back end more than anything else. Uh, Carlson is giving you some great offense, but defense, I'm a little bit shaky on that. But again, to answer, to answer that question, uh, firmly, no regrets whatsoever. And as for the Tristan Jari, um, again, looking at it from Kyle Dubas's point of view. I, I, what else did it, what else was there? Like you, you, with the team you have with the team, with the team I inherited. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Jari has got a track record. You can say whatever you want about that track record, but there's a track record there. There, there's a, there's a body of work. Yeah. Um, there's been more good than bad. There's probably been a little bit more bad, uh, recency biased here. Mm-hmm. Let's say over the past calendar year. So at the end of the day, I'm happy where, where I'm at now, fast forward. If I still have this similar record in my next five games, again, we're, we're talking about the next five games here could potentially be, you know, you're getting close to mid November here, Marty. So you got to start to wonder what's going on. So as of right now, five games in as Kyle Dubas, I'm not concerned. I'm okay with everything. Uh, I got a great coach in place. I've got great players, great leadership. Now it just needs to come together. Yeah. So, um, from Kyle Dubas's point of view, I think things are okay. I think things would li- he'd like it to be better. I think things are okay. Um, but again, uh, with some of the things that we've mentioned already in the show, Marty, Metropolitan Division. Uh, you know, you kind of want to rectify things here sooner than later. Um, but let's put it this way as Kyle Dubas, I'm on the clock. Yeah. Like you're on, put the, yourself you're on, on notice. the clock here. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, again, we've talked about it this whole episode here with both Edmonton and Pittsburgh and, you know, it's okay to have, uh, you know, uh, a few hiccups here, the first seven, eight, nine games, 
you can maybe push out to 10 games, possibly, depending on your division. But, but at some point, haven't really sorted them. I mean, because, you know, 10 games have gone by. It's not like you're going to fix it in the one game after that, right? Like, mm-hmm. you got to give yourself another small runway to get things consistent again here. Yeah. You know, is that five, another five, six, seven, eight games? Now you're game 18. Now you're a quarter of the way through the season. Hmm. So, again, th- those are the situations we, uh, we have for you in regards to Pittsburgh and Edmonton. And uh, with our new state, don't no one's panicking yet. Oh, yeah. But we've got uh, we've got reason to put the get the starter going, get the, the get the wheels warmed up a little bit, get something ready because this can't continue. We'll say that. Absolutely not. What can continue is the program, though. Yes, with but... check with check my fanny, but ah, uh, yeah, no. got it. But first, <laughs> we're gonna hear a word from our sponsors, DraftKings. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets, when you bet five on the NFL, that's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Los Angeles. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And we are back to yes, check in our fannies. Oh, very gently. Uh, hey, um, um that's, that's too, like, dude. We gotta watch out. Yeah. That's too like after dark stuff, right there, easy. man. I know, but it's easy. Gotta put the. Gotta it's put right that after. Right that's the thing. People don't yeah, realize it is, we do too glag after dark right after the show. So I'm just getting warmed yeah, up. It's, it, it's just not on the hockey podcast network. That's all. No, that's all. <laughs> now we have to. You know that, right? <laughs> yes. Now we have to. We're committed now. We're yeah. committed. <laughs> All right, so we're checking our fanny. Um, I, I'm not. Again, I don't want to talk about it, but we're gonna talk. <laughs> I'm such a fucking baby sometimes. Nope, uh, everything's fine. Apocalypse two and zero. Podhog two and zero. Everyone else lost. Whatever, one and one. Again, see, I don't want to <laughs> talk that's... about it. <laughs> you know what? You know what sucks about being me. One of the worst things is that I get okay. so so down on myself so quickly. Like, I was into the week. Uh, playing against Jason, the Pond Hogs. And I think it was after the first game. 
I was in the lead, but I didn't like my lead. Like, like I just didn't like how by how many points. Even I when it's going have... well, it's just, yep. just not going well. Like I had enough. I had enough players to have a bigger lead. So I'm like, this isn't the lead I should have. I'm gonna fucking lose. And then, but the thing is, I said the exact same thing in the first week. I ended up winning, and this week I lost. But at the end, I see. I told you, I fucking knew. I knew I was gonna lose. It, Marty, you're gonna lose some. You're gonna win. You're, you're gonna win some. And you're gonna lose some. That's just what it is. Like it has nothing to do with how you thought things were gonna go. It's gambling. That's what it is. <laughs> it's luck. Well, I mean, listen, I, 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 Marty unfortunately has a hard time getting through it. So, you listen, I'll, I'll give you the rundown, folks, in regards to how things went down here. So, of course, Marty lost his week. We all know that. The, the, the pain is all over the airwaves. <laughs> um, big game between the Dragons and the Apocalypse. Uh, the Apocalypse come out on top with their second 50-plus point week. Uh, um, I think he put up 57 to my 45. So, uh, there was no uh, uh, prayer in, in hell. Um, like I was telling you before the, uh, uh, before we got on the show, if there's any, if there's a way to be happy about a loss, it would have to be last week. I was the second top scorer of the week. Uh, lot, uh, you know, obviously the only guy that beat me is the guy that I was playing. Um, so, Hey, the way I see it is I'm two and oh, that's the end of that. Um, other games during the week, we had, uh, the Cougars earned their first win by beating the demons. Uh, the Royals also earning their first win over the winless Buccaneers. Um, so the rundown really quickly here is as follows. The apocalypse are two and oh, pawn hogs two and oh, the apocalypse, I believe have a uh, small lead in regards to points four, which gives them the lead of uh, the league lead, uh, dragons at one and one Royals at one and one, the brigands and the cougars both at one and one as well. And the buccaneers and the demons bringing up the rear at, uh, oh, and two, only two wins teams left in the league. Um, just a little side note here, some interesting matchups this week as both undefeated teams are going to play both winless teams. So we could see two teams at three and zero, and two teams at one, three, and the four teams that are one and one will all play against each other and figure things out a little bit. So there you go. Um, other than that, I mean, uh, I think you wanted to. You wanted to mention a little something, I think, with oh, it was uh, just yeah, kind of like a Scott this particular week. Yeah, like a little side note because uh, yeah, so Scott and I are facing off against each other, and he's got Vanacek, and I've got Akira Schmid. Now, I was debating starting him or not, Akira Schmid, uh, over either. They're playing Markstrom four games this or... week, the Devils. So yeah, yeah. So I was looking at either Markstrom or uh, Ilya Samsonov, both playing three games apiece, knowing that they'll most likely get uh, at you know probably at the most two games, which, <coughs> excuse me, which is kind of what I assumed for Akira Schmid as well. So I started looking at Schmid's numbers and comparing to Vanacek just because obviously I wanted to see how good are my chances of getting Akira Schmid in at least two games because I feel New Jersey has the better chance of winning over Calgary and Toronto. Well, then when I had a look, so the the one and only difference is basically, so Schmid has a 331 goals against while Vanacek has a 362. But it's take that take that away. That's the only uh, the difference between the two. So they've both got an 892 save percentage um, on seven goals on 58 shots. I'm sure there are other stats here, but the ones I was just looking at just to see. Um, so it, I thought it was pretty interesting after, so Schmid's played two and Vanacek has played two as well or three no it's two because he's one two. and one schmid oh schmid must have come in for uh, relief maybe that's why so but anyway so schmid's got the one 
uh, win, whereas uh, Vanacek has the two wins, I believe it is. Anyways, so they look identical. So in trying to set up my lineup, I really wasn't sure who I was going to go with. So, uh, But in the end, I did end up picking uh, Akira Shmi to to go in. So it's interesting now Scott and I are going to face off against each other. It's almost like, well, whose goalie is going to get the, the shot? So it's because it's New Jersey, right? They're they're a pretty good team. Uh, they're standing a good chance of winning. Man, Jack Hughes uh, and Jesper uh, Bratt, they look fucking amazing. Unstoppable this year. So if you've got a goalie in New Jersey, just start him. <laughs> and hence you did. So good yeah. on you. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they kind of split it right between the two of them, two and two, yeah. uh, just to kind of see you guys battle it out and go at it this week. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, uh, week three coming up uh cfhl it'll be an interesting one to see how all these games play out do we still have two undefeated teams do we have one undefeated team do we have no undefeated teams by the end of the week who knows yeah uh it'll be interesting Interesting. to see uh some big battles coming up here but next up beauties is the pièce de résistance beauties and the beast yes mr marty who's starting this week you or me uh, I'll get her, I'll get her done. I'll start us off. Get her, get her, get her done. Get her done. Get her done. Uh, I'm going to start in a place that most people are not very happy with. Uh, well, at least, sorry, not in where we live, uh, in Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, when Alex DeBrincat, eight goals, oh, four assists. I oh, this hurts, man. This hurts. I hate this guy right now. I hate him. He killed me. <laughs> killed me. Hate him. Can't stand this guy. Can't do it. But are we oh. surprised though? Are we though? No, like, but it, to me, it's all the more reason to hate him. And I, I don't really mean that. I don't think anybody should hate him. However, clearly he was unhappy in Ottawa and just didn't want to be here because his game was never like this. Um, and I can appreciate there's also like he's his trajectory is going up. He's not plateauing. Um, he's still super young. He hasn't reached that yet. So, but anyways, eight goals, four assists, 12 points in six games on 17 minutes time on ice. He's got three games this week, Seattle, Winnipeg, and at Boston. So this might be an easy pick, essentially, because he's leading the league in points. Um, but, I mean, it's it still doesn't matter. Like, the, the guy, the way he's playing up and the way Detroit, the way he's playing in that lineup with uh, Lucas Raymond, excuse me, it's exciting. It's good hockey. Uh, it's ridiculous yeah. that he's got eight goals. <laughs> so um, with three games this week, you'd be out of your goddamn mind not starting him in every game. I'm flirting with the idea right now, not only because he hasn't done it before, but I would consider keeping him in the lineup with just two games. Now, if those two games were, let's say, against the Islanders and Rangers, probably not. But if they're against, like, you know, uh, Air, well, not Arizona, uh, but let's, we'll say, I don't know, Winnipeg and fucking Anaheim, who cares? I'd probably put him in because he's the guy is just putting every, he's bearing every pass. Um, and Lucas Raymond is playing very good as well. And who's the other guy on his line? Fuck, I should have written that one down, eh? God, come prepared, well, the, Marty. Seriously. The the one thing I can say, and I can back up, uh, back you up in regards to Alex DeBrincat being one of the beauties this week. Yeah, he's top scorer in the league, and sure, that's you know uh, easy pickings, if you will. But where he was drafted in leagues, oh. <laughs> okay, after the year he had last year, yeah. because you got to start average average draft position. ADP, uh, I mean, we like to talk about it a lot in regards to value, Marty. Yeah. Right now, a guy like that is winning you your pool. Oh, yeah. now, somebody, some, now, now somebody can sit there and say, yeah, but Mike, you're talking about Alex Dabrinkit. Yeah, I am. And don't tell me that he was as high as he was in previous years coming into this year's draft. 
okay, he may have gotten a little uptick because he gets traded to Detroit, his hometown. But, I mean, we all yeah. know how we are as fantasy managers. When there's a little bit of a, 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 a downtick, if you will, you know, you, you got a little bit of concern. So where this guy was kind of picked, and listen, I mean, he wasn't the type of, you know, he wasn't your uh, your McDavid's or your Dreisaitl's or anybody at the top of the, you know, the heap, so to speak. This is the type of guy that's going to win you hockey pools. Absolutely, yeah. Um, next guy up, Jacob Slavin. Uh, three Ooh. goals, four assists, seven points in six games on 19 minutes time on ice. So three games this week, Seattle, San Jose, and at Tampa Bay. And remember, Tampa Bay is without um, – I was going to say Habi Bulin. <laughs> <laughs> remember uh, Nikolai Habi – That oh. is awesome. Have you been bowling? Oh, I miss that guy. Sorry. Uh, no, not <laughs> – Vasilevsky. Um, so, yeah, so Tampa Bay is playing with Johnson, Johansson. It's Johansson or Johnson? Is he from like Sweden uh, or is he from Jonas Detroit? Johansson. Johansson. Johans- oh, Johans- okay, so he is Swedish. Okay. Uh, anyways, not the player I'm supposed to be talking about. <laughs> Slavin is playing great hockey and being paired with Burns, so it's obviously having its benefits. Um, but that second power play unit might be where he's getting a lot of his chemistry with uh, Kokinyemi and Nietzsche. Um, so th- that familiarity, because he's also kind of there, um, I think one of them is there. No, on the second line? Anyways, he's seeing them quite a bit is the point. And he's got some chemistry with them, and things are going well. So right now... Which is a bit of a surprise. I don't know that anyone really expected him to come out with seven points uh, on six games played. Um, and actually, it's true. In our pool, because he got an extra point for the goal, that would be 10 points in six games. Like, he would be probably one of, if not the top defenseman in our league, and we didn't even draft oh, yeah. him. So that says a lot. I think for now, it's safe to say Slavin is playing very good hockey. Write it out. Uh, if he has a dip, maybe. Um, but I think even there, if he has a dip, I think you ride that out too. And you just keep going with him. I, this might be a breakout year for Slavin. He, he's that type of guy, Marty. Now, I mean, in our league, it's a little bit more difficult because we only have two times where we can actually acquire or draft players, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, from free agency, which is where Slavin is in our league right now. But let's say you're in a daily fantasy league. This this is a guy right now. If you have any kind of injury trouble, I mean, he's tied at the hip right now to Burns, so you know there may be a little bit of splash off there, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But he's a great player in his own right too. Is he known for his offense? Absolutely not. That's probably one of the bigger weeks he's had, at least in our with our scoring system yeah. in quite a, quite a while, maybe even number of years. But either either way, if you have any kind of a any, any kind of injury right now in your lineup. I mean, you, you could do worse than grabbing a defenseman from the Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, really. So, I mean, he's a yeah. great streaming op- option as <laughs> yeah. well. Um, if if you have that type of a league, a daily fantasy league. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Joel Erickson-Eck. Four goals, three assists, seven points in five games on 18 minutes. So he's got four games this week. Edmonton at Philly, at Washington, and at New Jersey. So three of the teams there definitely uh, could put up some points. So really didn't expect this out of Erickson, but there seems to be something there on even strength uh, with Johansson and Maroon. However, the real secret, obviously, to his success, his success is uh, power play one. He's on the power play one. He's centering a line with Zuccarello, uh, Johansson again, and uh, Kaprizov, some guy there. He's uh, he's yeah, pretty good, I hear. Guy. 
Um, so undoubtedly, all of this is having a major effect on uh, Ericsson. Um, didn't expect it out of him. Again, I would suggest ride this one out. But with him, if he moves off of that power play one, that's where I would I would look at. You know, how does yeah. he react to that? How how does yeah. what is the real? Can the real Joel Ericsson please stand up? Um, so pay attention to the uh, well. What I usually use. Uh, where is it? Right there. Line combination for um, daily face-off. Go there, and they usually do a pretty good job of making sure that the lines are updated so you know where he's playing. So if they take him off that first power play and put him on the second, I would consider sitting him at that point. But for now, write it out. Uh, four games this week should be a lot of points for him. So uh, definitely dress him now. Well, like Marty's saying, I mean, with the current deployment that he has there, and again, Marty, like you, you can't, you hit the nail right on the head. As long as he stays on that power play one, again, you're getting the exposure to those players, right? So yeah. once he, if 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 and when he does get knocked down to power play two, uh, you know, it it's it, it's not the end of the world. You know, you probably want to hold at that point just to see again, like Marty says, over the couple of weeks after that, does he react fairly well to it, or what? You know, is there much of a drop? So, hmm. uh, but I mean. He's in a great spot right now, and you know he's kind of underrated. I I don't want to say underrated offensively, but this is a guy that can put points up in a week. Like you know, yes, he's known more for his defensive prowess, but I mean he's he's not incapable of having some offense, especially when you're you're you know again you're getting exposure to those players. Boley is out right now, so I wonder if that's why he's on the first power play. Boley plays left wing, whereas Eriksson yeah. plays uh, center. So I don't know. Maybe when Boley comes back. Maybe Erickson X stays in, so that's why. Stay on top of it, guys. Just make sure you're watching uh, the daily faceoff, and and if there, are, I'm sure there are other ones, but that's the one I like to use. Um, so, because yeah, again, if he gets moved, yeah, you may want to do the same. Uh, and we'll end with my beast, uh, Stuart Skinner. <laughs> no wins, one loss, four twenty nine goals against an eight fourteen. One of the main reasons, sorry, three games this week at Mini, uh, then New York Rangers, and then Battle of Alberta, Calgary. So. Honestly, what's there to like? Came in for relief in the first game of the season to allow four goals on just 12 shots. Backed that up with another four goals against another 12 shots. And in his latest start, he didn't fare much better, allowing three goals and 24 shots. So at the moment, he's not the better goalie. And that means you need to sit him for the foreseeable future. As amazing it is to say this, Jack Campbell is the better goalie right now in Edmonton. And most likely, we'll see more of the, more of the starts. If my hunch is correct for Edmonton, they will do their best to give Jack Campbell um, enough time to find his legs and take over that number one and have things make sense in terms of what they were expecting, where they were hoping to be by now. So I would suggest sitting Skinner for a while. We all know how I feel about Skinner and Campbell, so we'll leave that at that. That's fair. Over in my beauties and then my beast. Start us off. Carol Vemelka. And yes, mm. I looked it up. It's Vemelka. Oh, okay. If you say so. Now, now, we've talked about the Arizona Coyotes. There's a little bit of an upswing going on here. Mm -hmm. And I will say that that has definitely um, gotten Absolutely. to Vemelka as well. Three games played, two wins, one loss, a 1.65 GAA, Jeez. and a 951 save percentage. Yes, we're three games in, massive uh, small sample size. But, hey, he's getting it done so far this year for that team. They got two games this week. So, although I'm pumping his tires a little bit for what he's done so far, you may want to hold off this week with only the two games. It's a home-and-home home against L.A. Um, look, I mean, things are kind of coming together for this franchise. I mean, Marty, 
this doesn't change how I feel about things out in the desert. I think they should move that team. But I'm the product on the ice, things are kind of coming together here. They're looking pretty damn good to start the season. Uh, by extension, obviously, the goaltender is as well. I mean, it's certainly helping that this team, believe it or not, the Arizona Coyotes are the league's third-ranked defense, giving up a measly 1.80 goals against average per game played. What? Um, so, look, I mean... So, I mean, look, it's a surprising start to the year. Uh, I do think this team probably picks up more wins than expected. Uh, I think Vemelka is going to be quite an attractive option for us probably at midseason because I do believe he is a free agent in our league. Yep. Um, but, again, for any daily fantasy leagues, this is a guy that you're going to be looking at bringing in and out, in and out of the lineup, um, provided somebody doesn't grab him and hold him. Uh, which could very well happen as well. An up-and-coming team maybe looking for a goalie just like that. Uh, maybe their team is kind of taking the same trajectory as the actual Arizona Coyotes are. You got Logan Cooley out there, uh, Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, um, Dursey. We're going to talk about him in a second. Uh, lots going on out in the desert. I think things are really moving in, a, in a, a, an upward direction here for Vemelka. Definitely a player you want to keep an eye on. Again, with the two games this week, that might be a little bit more of a hold or a stash this week. So uh, moving on to number two, Sam Reinhardt. Uh, nice got six goals and two assists for eight points in five games this year. He's a plus five. In, uh, and, and this kind of struck me as uh, a little surprising. 21-19 time on ice. So he's getting some heavy minutes out yeah, there. Uh, Paul, Paul Maurice is really leaning on this guy uh, a fair bit. Uh, this, oddly enough, this is another player I'm going to pump the tires and probably tell you to either hold or stash again this week, as he does only have two games. They're both at home against San Jose and Seattle. So if you don't have the, you know, if you got somebody playing maybe three games this week, but it's against some tough competition, could be a could be a situation you might want to look at in regards to Reinhardt, seeing as San Jose and Seattle aren't exactly world beaters either. So, um, but I mean, look, anybody who nabbed Reinhardt in their drafts this year you're getting some pretty damn good value right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's on that. I mean, the guy shot out of a cannon. He's on that first yeah. line with Barkoff and Rodriguez. And we talked about Rodriguez earlier this year, too. That's another one who's in the same situation here. Just great, great deployment. Uh, and both uh, Rodriguez and Reinhardt are on that uh, team's first power play unit. Um, so, I mean, look, we said it before. These are the types of guys that you win your, your hockey pools or your fantasy leagues with. I mean... I'm sorry. I don't know if anybody expected Reinhardt to kind of bust out for eight points in the first five games. Nah. But that's a guy That's a guy who's going to start winning you some weeks, start doing some damage for you. So, I mean, he has had a point, uh, a, point uh, a game season. Uh, I want to say it was in 2021, perhaps. Uh, either way, I do see, um, if he keeps this current deployment, I do see Reinhardt pushing a point per game uh, by the end of the year here, like 82 points in 82 games. I don't know if I... Uh, really sneeze at that uh, the way he's been playing and again with his current deployment so uh, Sam Reinhardt's definitely somebody you probably want to keep an eye out this is probably a guy who's been held and drafted and is sitting on someone's team but if for whatever silly reason this guy ever ends up on uh, free, your free agency uh, list uh, in a daily fantasy certainly somebody that you can stream with that's without a doubt that's not even a question uh, Sam Reinhardt you're my second beauty this week Third up this week, Sean Dursey. I just mentioned him a minute ago. Five games played, two goals, two assists for four points. Uh, I do want to mention that in our particular league, 
that would actually bump, bump up to six points as we give an extra point for uh, defenseman goals. Uh, so he is giving anybody who drafted him uh, some great value right now. The thing I love about this particular situation and player, he is logging heavy, heavy minutes. 23 minutes time, uh, time yeah. on ice uh, per game. Uh, you know, he comes over from L.A. in the offseason. Uh, the Coyotes make a move to bring him in. And obviously by this deployment five games in, they are leaning on him. So this yeah. isn't a situation where they're he's kind of coming in, let's see what we got. No, no, they, they went out and got him for a particular reason. He seems to be uh, benefiting from that. Uh, and, and the trust that the coaching staff is giving him for sure. Um, Arizona this week, three games. Uh, they do have a home or, um, they do have a home and home um, um, against I geez, I can't remember now who it is, but they got they got Las Vegas as well. Sorry about that. Um, but they do have a home and home and there's a game against Las Vegas. Uh, so three games this week. I mean, he's been a great value pick, Marty. Plain and simple. Um, he's that type of guy. If you've got some injuries, you can slide him in. Um, again, daily fantasy uh, or something like our league, uh, which is more than head to head. Um, if you can get him in that week, got it again, an injury. That's somebody that you that you might want to bring in. I, I don't think he's hit his ceiling yet either, and that's the that, that's the best part. I mean, I think this guy can do no, damage I don't think out so there, especially especially. Especially with the talent out there now too, right? Like, I mean, you're not just looking like a one-trick yeah. pony out there. I mean, they've got a full line, if not a couple of lines there. And, and look, am I saying that they're, you know, the, the second coming of, of, of the top two lines in Edmonton? No, but what I'm saying is that they've got some pieces that can that can get the job done. So, yep. I mean, Sean Dursey out there, defenseman, certainly a guy that you want to keep an eye on and look out for uh, over the next coming weeks as well. My beast this week. It's actually a player that I have on my team. I actually dressed him last week. But the hit that Rasmus Anderson made on Patrick Lining, look, I'm, I'm going to be pretty obvious here, or Captain Obvious, if you will. Hits like this, it, it's just, it's done. It, it's done. It's over with. I mean, you know, in the middle of a game, a hit like that's over with. This was at the end of the game. Patrick Lining is basically stretched out, trying to put a puck into an open net to finish things off. And he gets hammered. Just hammered. Yeah. Like, I mean, Anderson basically leaves his feet. Oh, and, yeah. And, and smokes this guy and smokes this guy right in the head. Now, um, from what I understand, Patrick Line is out indefinitely. Um, I, there was something that came out today. Uh, it didn't give any kind of a specific timeline whatsoever. Um, but he's not going to be around for a little bit. Um Anderson is got a four game suspension. He's appealing it. If I'm being honest, Marty, and, and look, I mean, I'm not being biased. I, I I would have loved to have the games played and see what I could do against your brother last week, but it di just didn't happen. I personally think that the thing should be longer than four games. I'm sorry. I, I'm really sorry. I, I think we're at a situation here where th this two games and three games and four games garbage. And yes, I'm sorry. I'm calling it garbage. It should, it, it, listen, slap 10 on him, Marty. Slap 10 games on the guy. And you tell me, okay, that split second that he has to make that decision next time, that yeah. he doesn't let up. You give yep. him 10 games and, and then watch how that changes the league. Like, we need to, we need to put an end to it. And, and I'm sorry. I am so sorry. When I saw four games, that is nowhere, nowhere near enough, Marty. 
Not even close, bud. Do we want to get these hits out of the game, yes or no? We've heard from the NHL and from basically the players themselves, yes, we want those hits out of the game. Well, four-game suspension is not going to do it, no. okay? In, 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 in any given week, Marty, a team can play four games in one week. No, no. Yeah, that's true. I don't want... No, no. I want the Calgary Flames, and I want this player to feel the hurt, okay? Ten games. Now you're looking at the better part of a month, Okay for both player and organization, yeah. unavailable. Now you're talking. Now the next time that he is in that situation where he can lay that hit, I, Marty, he's not doing it. No. He's not doing it for over fear that he's going to get another 10 games. So, it's a good point. Uh, listen, I, I know go, going off on a rant here in regards to this, but... It's all right. It's your Sorry. I, I just, I just, do we, do we want to end this? Yes or no. And if we want to end it, then let's stop monkeying and fucking around. Let's, let's start slapping some games on these players and by extension, the organization. And do you mean to tell me that the Calgary Flames wouldn't feel it hurt without Ras- Rasmus Anderson? Oh my I'm God, not saying time. that he's the next, I'm not saying that he's a Kale McCarr. No, but, but he's still. a big piece of what they got. But he's a big piece of what the Calgary Flames got going on. He's out there. there, Cal McCarr. So that's all that matters. So, <laughs> so you know what? Like, I think enough of this pussyfooting around. Yep. Let's get the job done here. Let's start slapping some double-digit numbers yeah. on these players, and then you, I guarantee you, like, and and you know what, Marty? If it doesn't work and he does do it again. Good. The next time he doesn't just get ten. Well, Give him yeah. twenty. Because he's already got because he's already gotten yeah. the ten. And, and and some some people are gonna be like, Oh, okay, Mike, hold on. No, no, no. You fucking hold on. Like I'm sorry. Well, if the idea is to actually get rid of it from the game, you have to give you have to give a deterrent and if the deterrent isn't working, then you just take the player out of the game the best way you can, which is with suspensions. So either you're serious about taking it out of the game or you're not. So which side of the fence are you on? Because you can't pussyfoot around it. If you give these two, three, or four-game suspensions, and you know what's going to happen. He's appealing it. So it'll go from – it. They let's say if they just uphold and I, and, it anyways, and that's, it's four that's games. Laughable. It's not enough. And, oh, well. And that's absolute. and I'm sorry that's laughable. The fact that he's going to – you know, and again – Gets to appeal I, it. I stress – I stress, this is a guy that I'm pulling for. He's on my team. I yeah. drafted him. I'm looking forward to a good year with this guy. I'm not looking forward to 10 and 20 game suspensions. But I- I'm sorry. If-, if-, if Connor McDavid does this, I don't care what the... Hey, Heritage Classic, whatever. Yeah. I-, I don't care. Broadcasting money, I-, I, don't- I don't give a shit. If McDavid does it, good. 10 games, gone. See ya. Bye. Yeah. Like yeah. We- we- it has to start somewhere, Marty. And unfortunately, these four games and the, these pussyfooting around suspensions are just not doing it for me. Like, yeah. do, you know, everybody says they want it to end. Then let's make it end. Yeah. But like it, the people, there are people in power that have control over this and they can end it Re- real quick. <laughs> and again, like I say, if the guy wants to do it again, not a problem, but it's not going to be 10 games this time. Now you're looking at double. Now it's 20. Now you've lost 30 games in the season. Now we're talking about almost half the year yeah. that this guy, hey, listen, let, let's do this. Let's get it done. Rant over. There you go. <laughs> rant good. rant good over. Very good piece. Oh, jeez. That was, that was a hell of a way to end the show. <laughs> Jesus. And of course, and this rant you want to brought thank- to you by THPN yeah. <laughs> and gonna- DraftKings. <laughs>
I was just gonna say. <laughs> I get a I get a call from DraftKings midweek. Uh, listen, uh, Mister Willard, could you stop the rants, please? Yeah. <laughs> Scale it back, at, my man. <laughs> or at the very least, don't mention us afterwards. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at twoguysaleeandseeguests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at twogalag.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Thanks for listening, and until next time.